Hello everybody and welcome back to Checkpoint Radio. It's been a little while but we are back. Uh, we've had a little break, we're back for episode 10. It's a return to Hall of Fame. But firstly, I'm joined by the crew, Ben, Charlie, Connor. Lads, it feels like ages since we've been here and I'm sure like me, we're all happy to be back on the podcast. Yes, we are. It's been too many two weeks, if that made any <laughs> sense. Too many weeks since we were last all together recording a podcast, but it feels damn good to be back. Yes, love too it. Many two too many two weeks. Too many two weeks. So how's everyone been spending their, their, their little break then? Have you all been playing lots of games, I assume? <laughs> yes and no. So I spent the first two weeks... Well, I'll start with the no. So I spent the first two weeks up in Scotland from Ooh, when we last did the episode. I was only nice. up there for about six days, but it kind of went over two weeks. And um, yeah, lovely time. Went to see some of Rachel's family and the new baby. So that was really, really nice. And Scotland's just gorgeous. Yeah. And um, yeah, nice to kind of like get away from everything, work and just kind of stick your phone somewhere safe and forget about it and then just like take it all in, be somewhere completely different. It's all lovely and gorgeous and green up there. And then game-wise, so some of you may know that I've been working my way through my backlog of games that I've bought in the past and never put much time into. So I have been on an absolute complete streak and I've gone on a mad one and completed like maybe 10 games in the next wow, two wow. weeks. Bloody yeah, hell. yeah, I've been going on it. I don't even think I completed so, 10 games like last year. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the ones I'm most chuffed about, so I completed Hades. Never did I ever think that I'd That's a ever great game. beat Hades mm. himself. Yeah, excellent game. <laughs> really, really enjoyed it. I finally completed every single Lego game they've ever released on PC. <laughs> which is that's very a, cool that's quite impressive actually i mean to be yeah. fair there are fucking loads of those games so yeah, yeah fair play and the, the star wars saga the skywalker saga was excellent actually mm. the way they managed to like each film they did like all the star wars films well obviously the skywalker ones and um but they managed to like condense them and just take the best bits but still feel felt like how the film portrayed it and I don't know, it's just really, really good. Like, even though Star Wars and some of the most recent films gets a bit of a bad rap, you kind of forget all that when you play it with the tongue-in-cheek Star Wars, uh, sorry, yeah. Lego. They always mm. kind of take the piss, but it's mm. just good fun. And um, I won't go through the rest, but yeah, it's just it's been good. And I'm currently playing Marvel's Guardian of the Galaxy, which is another game that I got, didn't give much time, dropped and I'm playing it again now and I was just saying whilst you were away James shortly earlier to Connor and Charlie I really consider this game a very very good triple a title yeah like in all aspects great mm. story great voice acting great combat I definitely like consider it along on the same level as like Star Wars the the last uh What's the story? Jedi, Jedi Survivor. Yeah, mm. Jedi Survivor okay. or um, yeah. the other one. And um, really, really good. So, that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's I mean, like we'd, we'd, we'd all like to kind of be able to smash our backlog, but I don't think any of us are as committed <laughs> as you, Ben. So, I mean, that's quite impressive to be fair. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm chuffed. I feel like an amateur now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like Some of the games were small. <laughs> <laughs> like one of the games was Hotline Miami. I literally did that in like five hours. But, yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, yeah, Connor, what about you, man? What, what you been up to? 
Um, so I've been working for the past month. I'm working night shifts now, so I'm working four days on, three days off. So I've had a little bit more time to play through games. I'm about three quarters of the way through Last of Us Part 2 uh, for the second time. I forgot the story, so I've gone back after watching uh, the show. Um, I've been playing Dave the Diver, which has just come out. Oh, I like the one point it's yeah. a really fun little game. I've been playing clubs with yourself, Charlie, and our friend Femi, which is yeah. just toxic. <laughs> toxic, mate. But that it game keeps, is so no. it keeps drawing us back. Yeah. And then I tried out that Jusant demo after the the Summer Games Festival oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, was so, it good? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I didn't mm. play too much of it. I played about half an hour of it. Yeah, probably got the save it until you actually get your hands on the full But um, I can see myself losing... A good few hours in that game when it comes to Game oh, Pass. Nice, so. Yeah, That's cool. So. I'm wicked. Awesome. Uh, Charlie? Um, I don't know. It's like ages. a long time to recap. I can't even uh, remember the last month. I don't know uh, what I've been doing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sleeping. <laughs> I have definitely slept in that time. But um, no, I had a nice beach day yesterday with uh, yourself, James. That was good. Yeah, got a paddle was out. It was fun to see it was fucking cold, though. Can't expect it. Yeah, thing, very, <laughs> very cold. Um, other than that games wise I've played a game we're going to be talking about later but we'll save that Um, I downloaded Farming Simulator start my farming career no idea what I'm doing (laughs) so not very fruitful farming's not easy so it sounds like farmers they're taking that game seriously they want to give you the full kind of like you want to be a farmer do you okay Mm. try this then there you go the weather's (laughs) against you I'm going to find all the wacky simulator games, Charlie, and just like gift them to yeah. you and just send That's them over. Do. <laughs> to what he Complete would love that. every simulator game. Yeah. Add that to the backlog. Yeah. Train the simulator. <laughs> uh, a little bit of World of Tanks I've been playing. Mm. Nice. Which is a game I used to play a lot. Yeah. But I kind of just. Those games are like, they, they seem to be able then. to stick around just forever. World of Tanks. Um, mm. What's the, yeah. the plain one? War Thunder. War, War Thunder. Thunder. They just always, yeah. always <clears throat> got such a large player base. Well, World of Tanks was one of our first games we ever played together, wasn't it, Charlie? Mm. Literally, like, when we first met, it was like, oh, kind of, what games do you play? And he's like, should we. Oh, I play World of Tanks. Oh, cool. Let's play it together. And then that was it. It was just yeah. the, the beginning. The rest yeah. of this history. Mm. Cool. But yeah. No. What about yourself, James? Uh, well, actually. I've been playing Cyberpunk. Ooh, weirdly oh, enough, I've, 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 funny. I don't know why. I just wanted to like. I I don't like the game re- particularly. I think it's it's mm. okay, and I think now it's in like a, a <laughs> no, it's in it's just in a like better state now. Yourself. Well, no, it's just I don't like. I mean, I bet obviously Ben talking about finishing his kind of backlog and going back to his unfinished games and like completing them. I didn't start getting Cyberpunk because I'd already put like 60, 70 odd hours into it, but oh, I'm in wow. the final act now. <clears throat> Mm. So um, I thought, do you know what? I'm actually just going to power through it, just see it through to the end. Um, I think I, I don't want to say that that the criticism of the game was unfair at launch because that's not true. It, it was completely fair. But yeah. I do believe in sort of giving things like a second <clears throat> chance. And we've seen many games over the years kind of have rocky launches, but then come back from that. And, you know, um, the, the Phantom Liberty DLC was announced, wasn't it, recently over the Summer Games mm. Festival? And mm. um, there's this uh, apparently the whole game's like kind of being revamped, essentially yeah. revamped. Yeah, and I kind of got I never me knew interested. If that was... So it's just I never knew if yeah. that was in now or is that going to be when Phantom Liberty comes out? Yeah, I think it's I think it will be part of when the DLC comes out. But oh, it kind of got me interested. You know what? I'm actually going to go back and just familiarize mm. myself with the game because I think that if 
if this revamp is kind of like as promising of what as what if it's as promising as what some people have said it is then maybe in the future there might be kind of I might put some time aside to actually go back to the game proper, get that DLC, and try and experience Cyberpunk the way it was was meant to be experienced in the beginning. Yeah. Mm. Obviously, yeah. that game came out a couple of years ago now, so the developers have had a good sort of while to spruce it up a little bit, polish it up here and there. And um, yeah, I'm just I don't know why I just got pulled back to the game for some reason. I've, I've not spent an awful amount of time on it. I've just sort of been like dipping in and out of it, kind mm. of thing, because it's not a game that I'm like massively obsessing over at the moment or like yeah. addicted to or like want to come actively like i need to get through this game it's, it's so good it's i'm sort of like dipping my toe in and being like okay that that seems better than it was before oh i mm, see that's okay and then doing like a few missions thinking it hasn't crashed yet that's good yeah no <laughs> sort of like going back into it every now so every every time i've sort of got a spare kind of half an hour or an hour i'll just dip into it and do a couple of side quests and like explore the city because there's no question that like exploring night city with like graphics sort of like maxed out it's, it's a gorgeous mm. game yeah, and i'm really not going to deny that 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 but fair play to the developers for that but yeah it seems now a lot of the bugs that were plaguing the game in its early sort of months have been eradicated not so many sort of glitches and weird things going on so i've actually kind of i've actually enjoyed what i've played nice as i've gone back to it and yeah, so I'm happy to sort of like see it through to the end now, I think. Yeah, and that's quite a sort of praise coming from you because obviously in a previous episode, you spoke that you had very little interest in ever seeing <coughs> Cyberpunk yeah. on your computer ever again. Mm-hmm. And that's quite a quite a jump now to like it kind yeah. of almost impressing you. It, well, it's a, it's a big jump from never playing it to mm. actually, do you think you'll get Phantom Liberty? Well, that's that the thing. Like that's that's the, the one of the main reasons I kind of got interested i think in going back to it because the developers are trying to make the game good and, and yeah. you can't sort of like you know fault them for that for trying nah. and at the end of the day we forget that there are teams of like hundreds of people who work on these games and who um you know they don't deserve to be sort of like punished i guess and, and sort nah. of like you know spoken <clears throat> Ill, Ill of because of the choices of the executives and the shareholders mm. and the pressure from them, they yeah. deserve to have their work recognized. So I think that's part of it for me is going back and seeing how they've managed to bring the game back from essentially, you know, the, the self the kind of, of like the suicide thing it kind of launched to. It's just, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And yeah, hopefully when this Phantom Liberty DLC drops, we'll see big changes to the game and, and it'll be, yeah. you know, a really good sort of experience for, for people. Yeah, I'm so, looking yeah. forward to that for sure. Awesome, dude. Yeah. Very nice. Should we um get into the the main chunk of the Let's episode then? Let's do it. Cool. So going back to the beginning of this year, when we first started Checkpoint Radio, we introduced the Hall of Fame, where we all chose a game that we thought was iconic, a game we thought deserved to be immortalised. And from the group that we chose, we picked one between us, um, that first game back in that episode was Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty, a very deserving game of the Hall of Fame, if I must say so myself. For However, sure. we did actually discuss that it maybe was a little bit unfair the way we did it because there were other games like Charlie, you mentioned Need for Speed Underground 2, which is also a really sort of iconic game that I would personally put in my own Hall of Fame. So now we're going to redo the Hall of Fame sort of concepts. We've kind of come to the conclusion now that we're going to pick a game that we decide deserves to be in the Hall of Fame and basically discuss it. So this game we've collectively inducted, and it's easy to see why. 
It's a game that needs no introduction. It's the 2018 smash hit from Rockstar, Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption 2 is an open-world, role-playing, action-adventure game set in the Wild West just before the turn of the 20th century. Civilization is spreading across the country in the days of cowboys, outlaws and gangs is slowly dying at the hands of law, order and society. The Van der Linde gang, led by the enigmatic Dutch, is doing everything in its power to hold on to the traditional ways of life and the pursuit of the so-called American dream. Under the creeping presence of civilization and on the run from federal agents, the game's playable protagonist, Arthur Morgan, is a notorious outlaw and one of Dutch's main enforcers. His sole purpose in assisting Dutch to, in trying to live outside of the law, but soon begins to doubt his own loyalty to his way of life. The player must decide whether Arthur can achieve redemption for his misgivings or become even more ruthless in his efforts to avoid the law and live the way Dutch always told him he could. Red Dead Redemption 2 is the ultimate Wild West fantasy and is rightly deserving of the next spot in the Checkpoint Radio Hall of Fame. I was going to write a massive monologue for that actually because I feel like the game deserves this kind of poetic eulogising. Yeah. But at the same time, I just want to talk about it because it's fucking great. So oh, mate. let's just what get into it then. Um, it was an easy start... decision, wasn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no question that this game, it probably would be like top three like yeah, if you're gonna pick a game this would be like one of three that you'd pick straight away to go into yeah. a hall of fame so um Definitely. yeah i thought i'd start at the beginning um we go back to the development and history of the game a little bit about sort of like how that went and i think rdr2 or red dead 2 started development shortly after the first game released in 2010 and it was being well, it was in development for eight years and it costs yeah. somewhere between, and I didn't actually know this, so the game reportedly costs somewhere between $370 million and $540 million, including marketing, which that's is just bonkers. insane. A that is like... amount of money. Yeah, that's, that <laughs> is a blockbuster movie, sort of Marvel Avengers level of yeah. budget. Mm. Like mm. not an, not even most films hit even like $200 million, let alone up to five hundred and. Well, 40 million, million. Yeah. yeah i can't remember where crazy. i read it though but i read that uh, like half of that budget was for marketing yeah like, yeah well, it, it's, a, a it's crazy amount of money it's always a thing like people people forget that you know a movie for example and games in this case will have like a set production budget but the marketing will almost need to match that to kind of promote yeah. it in mm. a way that it deserves because it's a big sort of triple a blockbuster game yeah um, so another fact about the numbers while we're quickly talking about this, the game made just over $725 million in its opening weekend and exceeded the total sales of Red Dead Redemption 1 in just two weeks. So that money they spent on making the game, they made it back within days, which is wow. just nuts. I don't know if you remember, do you remember the um, going way back to when the game was announced? You know when they changed the, the Rockstar mm. logo just yeah. to the red? And it was like everyone straight away just knew, fucking hell, Red, Red Dead Redemption yeah. 2 is coming, it's coming, it's and coming, it's coming. And everyone just went crazy. It's almost like Coca-Cola. Like Coca-Cola never need to advertise a day in their life. Everyone yeah. knows Coca-Cola. No one's going to mm. forget about Coca. Just changing that Rockstar emblem to red, they could have ended their budget there. Everyone would have bought yeah. this game regardless. Like obviously it's admirable that they spent so much on advertising and the build-up to Red Dead's release. Like, if that wasn't the most talked-about thing in the gaming 
like World Wide Web or mm. word of mouth, then nothing else was of import. But that, yeah, you couldn't miss it. Fans of gaming or not, Red Dead was on the way and the world was was there for it. It was a time to be hyped about games. I miss yeah. those days. I'm feeling it again with Starfield, but... I don't think uh, anything's going to match that level of hype though nah. for Red Dead. Like that, that was the last... I mean, Star, I've, I've, I've actually booked some time off work for when Starfield come out, but mm, the last same. game I booked time off work for to play was Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. yeah. But like th- this game... I just I don't understand. Well, so I don't understand. It's it's astounding. It's impressive how Rockstar can generate all this hype. And like we talk about some of our favorite game studios, and we talk about like you know uh, studios that have really heat uh, reached sorry a high bar of game development. Rockstar they have never missed with a- any no. game that they've they've made. I mean, obviously they had a bit of a hiccup with the GTA Remastered trilogy, mm. but I think wasn't I that blame like, a licensed third out to like a third party studio yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But their dead, main yeah. games, they have, they just don't miss with any of every single game they make. It's just a straight banger. Yeah, it's, it's just like go on, Connor. It's got to the point now where GTA Six could just be a shadow drop, and they could just go there. You go yeah. walk away, and it, and it would make yeah a billion it would dollars be in a weekend. Off the chain. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a funny story actually. Not funny. Okay. Well, it might be funny. <laughs> so same as you, James. Red Dead was on the way. I think I I don't know if I bought a PS pro to to play it i can't remember but i was like mm. booked off time off work to play it rachel was heavily pregnant and she wasn't due until december okay. obviously red dead came out on october the 26th i believe yeah around about then and bloody ivy decided she wanted to pop out and come ivy was born on the 30th um and so red dead released and i had a new kid i couldn't oh. bloody play it <laughs> So That's not the worst of, situation to be in as well. I mean, obviously yeah. you're blessed with a beautiful baby girl, but yeah, you know, at the same time, like all this anticipation for this game over the past <laughs> sort of like two years, it's just yeah. like gone now. It's like, well, I can't play it now. So nah. at this point, yeah. fuck it. Sell the, sell the PlayStation, never gaming again, got a kid. It's Ugh. over. Could m- never do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, obviously the game has got a massive budget and that's fully reflective in, in the content and, and what we see. Um, I Do you guess know one how the much f- they made in total? Sorry, what was the uh, total? Oh, actually, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but this no was worries. announced recently in like the Take Two um, earnings call, mm. and they were saying that Red Dead Redemption Two had sold, I think it sold like seventy million copies or something, so like seventy five million something, it's yeah, around something that ballpark. crazy. Like, because mm. I, w- I was one, of, I say I was one of the mugs, but I, I actively did it and I didn't care. I obviously had Red Dead Redemption Two on the PlayStation Four. Then when it comes to PC, it was like Insta Buy. I just yeah, bought it again. It's like, the same. Those games, Red Dead Redemption 2 and GTA, are like two of the only games that I have bought and had before and then bought again on the PlayStation. Like, GTA I don't do that. 5, I've bought three times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if that's not a testament. And it's. I, mean, yeah, I forget that game come out on like the 360 PS3 era, didn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And the it's next on gen uh, than the PC. GTA 5 is now on Game Pass, and I'm thinking, no, I might just download it on my Xbox. Just... Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. Replay it. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously the game had a massive launch. It's, it's made a shit ton of money. But I think what we really want to talk about is like the kind of the game itself, you know, what makes this game so special. And I think with uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, there's one of the major things about Red Dead Redemption 2 is this kind of idea of art versus game. You know, it's, mm. it's special in a way that it sacrifices a lot of what makes a game fun. 
you know, from like a gaming sense for the sake of making it realistic, making it artistic. That's everything down from the way Arthur performs animations, the way he walks, you know, the way he reloads his gun, the way you literally have to press individual actions to take items out of a drawer. You have to open Mm. the drawer, put your hand in, take the cigarettes out, take the bourbon out. And it really pushes the immersion to new heights, I think. It really does. And I think it sort of fits the game perfectly because they they obviously GTA 4 and 5 had a lot of like you could almost walk around <clears> and pretend you're an NPC and mm. live the live in this big city but what I feel fits Red Dead Redemption 2 so well is because of all the real life elements that you can replicate it really makes the game feel like an actual like part of time that you are playing for real because yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of history that the game's reflecting, and I'm assuming that a lot of that history is quite accurate. But to be able to experience this heritage that all of our ancestors went through, <clears throat> it's actually quite amazing to to be able to immerse yourself in a game that has has, like you said, on in the balance between like art and realism, or a game that's fun or a game that's accurate historically the way like everything from like the way Arthur Morgan is in a fist fight and those punches feel heavy and Mm. the way the animation reflects him getting hit or like the way he, like you said, when he goes through his possessions or you set up a camp and I, for instance, loved to play the game as immersively as I could, like walking around the camp, making sure that Arthur had his meal in the day. Like if it got late at night, pitching up a tent, and sleeping through the night and that definitely elevated my experience of this game to new heights because there were so many things that a real life person would do that you in a game could also do it i yeah i think that that the way they focused on making the game realistic but it wasn't a simulator the game was mm-hmm. realistic but it wasn't like Arthur needs to doesn't well he can eat and you will get buffs for him eating but it wasn't absolutely necessary for him to eat. Yeah. You could like obviously it's a game you get shot and you die and you get healed and whatever but it the balance that they got between realism and a fun game was so perfect because the, for instance a game like Tarkov and it's a bit of a contrast of of a comparison to make, but that game is so rooted in realism that it loses a lot of the fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a game like Red Dead is so focused in the realism, but there's so many <clears throat> other features that enabled the game to be fun. Like the combat was absolutely excellent. The way he reloads, the control you had over pointing the gun in the air and shooting to make the person intimidated. There were there were so many levels to this game that I've not seen since that mm. to just take it to, to new heights and is impressive today as the first day you played it it's just Absolutely. amazing this feels like what they've been working towards for a long time because with the like the dialogue um if you remember bully also known as canis canum edit in in england you yeah. had the like antagonize and the like nice sort of conversation options yeah, from there antagonize yeah uh, that come from there the way that he holds the gun is all from Max Payne 3, where like he holds one weapon in one hand, he's got it like this. Obviously, GTA, yeah. they pushed the mold with that game. And it's just, 
a culmination of Rockstar's work. And I see that they've put like 2,200 days worth of motion capture into this game. Yeah. Wow. Which well, is like, like six, six years, like 1,200 yeah. actors they've put through it just to make sure everything was perfect. Yeah, over 2,000 people helped develop Red Dead mm. Redemption 2. Yeah. And the voice acting alone took five years to complete. So they were recording. Apparently their structure was three weeks of like absolute full-on grind, mm. recording, motion capturing. They would do like group recordings. So like all the voice actors of like Arthur Morgan and Dutch and my Micah and everyone, you name it. They'd all be recording in the same room all together to really get that bouncing off each other when they're all confrontational and talking about the next heist that they're going to do and tensions are high and... But yes, apparently it was a three week on, three week off cycle and it took five years for them to yeah. get all the dialogue because obviously you, the game has got endless amounts of dialogue mm. from NPCs. To, <clears throat> to, so, but just, just, yeah. Yeah, because I, I watched a, um, I watched a bit of a panel um, with some of the cast members of Red Dead the other day. Mm. And uh, they they was they were talking about what you just just mentioned there, Ben, about this like four or five year process of like capturing the the dialogue, the motion capture, and it's weird because like with a lot of games, you, that that process of of capturing the the mocap and the dialogue is usually not that long. It's usually a lot shorter than that. It's like mm. obviously the animating and all that stuff that takes the longest amount of time. But I think that's a testament to how the game creators treated this more like a movie. And like an yeah. artistic process, like getting the characters right, getting the performances above everything, just spot on. Because some of the acting in this game is some of the best acting I've seen from any kind of entertainment mm, media yeah. I've seen. And like mm. you completely fall in love with Arthur. He's such a great character. Yeah. And his story from, you know, where he starts is just being basically just a thug, just an enforcer for this gang to going to be someone who saves, he saves John's life at the end. Yeah, he saves like, his life and he completely changes and it's such a great story and but we we talk about you know the kind of realism aspect of it and the fact that you know the the um the, the game developers took it as seriously as you expect <clears throat> a filmmaker to take a film that's exactly. a real testament to them and like the way it yeah. turned out was just it is above anything i've seen from a game i think yeah I was seeing an interview with Dan Hauser and this main story script's 2,000 pages, whereas like Jesus. the average movie's, what, 90, 90 pages yeah. for a script? Mm, and he was saying that they would edit just the trailers, like there'd be five, 600 edits. And wow. Everything would just have to be perfect. And then, yeah. yeah. So like it, I, oh, it's like unbelievable. Arthur, yeah. Like, from, like what you were saying about Arthur as a character and just, I, I feel like... His story is just so like he's not your typical cowboy. When you watch a, a like an old school American f a film about cowboys, or you know, what I mean, read stories about cowboys, mm. he isn't your typical like cowboy. He's a he's yeah. an older guy who is rough and gruff. And I watched his video a few days ago to sort of rub up on my uh, scrub up on my information about uh, Red Dead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've rubbed one out about this game many times. Don't <laughs> worry, no shame in that. And um, the way that this guy was explaining <clears throat> his opinion of Arthur was like really spot on and made me like think about it differently. I after so long after playing it, you know what I mean. Anyway, like Arthur's just like tired. He's just he's just a tired mm. middle aged dude who's who's 
like who's I don't know he's just on this journey and he's working out the the balance between right and wrong he's he's the toughest most meanest guy you've ever met but he has compassion and he cares and yeah. he's he's and he was saying that like when every time Arthur enters like dialogue for like a main story or a new character it's mm-hmm. so interesting to see what Arthur will say because you know that he he's such an like a a unique individual that you yeah. you almost know this dude like you mm. know Arthur Morgan you love Arthur Morgan yeah and like yeah I just feel like Arthur Morgan there was a lot of contra- controversy when the game was coming out that you weren't going to be playing as John Marston, wasn't there? Like yeah, everyone yeah. wanted to be a John Marston again, and then you played the game as as a uh, Arthur Morgan, and then you like, and obviously John Marston in Red Dead Two, the prequel, is is almost like he's a I don't know, he's not the main <clears throat> character. You he's, knew. he's really immature in it, doesn't yeah. he? He doesn't realize that he's got like a really loving partner who loves him, yeah. he's got a son, and he takes it for granted a lot of the times. He doesn't realize, yeah. and but you know. John in Red Dead One is is an iconic character himself. Like he's such a great character. Mm. You think I don't know how they can top this, and then they fucking bring Arthur onto the scene. It's like, yeah, yeah. who's John? Like, yeah, you well, don't yeah. expect to love him more, do you? Yeah, and but. I credit the the houses for that because most mm. studios would have gone, no, you're playing as John again. Arthur would be there, and he would have been a side character. Yeah, but they were like, no, like this is the our guy, mm, and yeah. he's such a good character. Like I was playing. Uh, this week leading up to this and I forgot how funny he can be like in, yeah. it was a mission where you go and you go and rob a stagecoach with Charles Bill uh, Uncle and Arthur and uh, Uncle's obviously got this plan and he goes are, are you in Arthur and he goes well if we two things rather we get rich you get shot and I'm happy like and it's just <laughs> so fucking dry yeah. and he like he's just gruff he's He's intimidating, but he has got like a heart of gold. He cares yeah. for those characters. We well, have and to assume that everything he does, he does for the good of the other people in the mm, gang. Because yes. you know by playing him that he could very well make it alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and definitely. And live the, this free life. Yeah. yeah. But he stays with the gang for loyalty. Yeah. But it's weird, though, because I feel like as as kind of like to talk about Dutch a little bit, as, as bad of a of a person Dutch is, I feel like a lot of the way Arthur has turned out is because Dutch kind of raised him in a way to be strong and mm. to be sort of like, mm. you know, supportive of the people around you. I think Dutch has got his own issues. Like he's, he's a fucking egomaniac and he's let this ideal that he's got in his head get in the way of the good people around him who are trying to help him. There's, um, I think I linked it to you guys the other day. You know that the scene where where Arthur speaks with 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 the nun, with mm, her, I think Sister yeah. Mary, her name is. That is, it's probably my favourite scene in the whole game because he's kind of saying to her like, "I'm a bad person. Mm. I'm dying. I'm scared." And she's like, "You're not a bad person. Like, every time I see you, you're helping someone else. Yeah, like you're putting someone else before yourself." And I think that's the whole thing about Arthur is that he he doesn't believe in himself and he doesn't realise like how influential like positively he can be t- for people and how mm. positive he has been and i think towards the end when you know he's kind of on his last legs he realizes that and he helps john escape helps him survive and that's kind of his like redemption story you know all the bad yeah. that he's done in his life he's realized at the end you know what actually i can do something positive i can help someone mm. get out of this live happily and that will be the last thing I do before I die. And that's like yeah. his legacy being passed on, you know. 
And towards the end, you can start making choices mm. for other people. Like when you're sort of doing debt collecting kind of thing, mm. you can choose not to collect the debt. You pay it yourself or yeah. things like that. And that re- yeah. Again, yeah. that road of redemption. Cause Cause like, I think he, 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 so go on, Ben. I was just... I was, just going to say, and that's one of the reasons why I think Red Dead 2 is so good is because there are so many games and films and TV shows where they will reference like the good old days. Like if you ever played like a sci-fi mm. game and there would have been like an amazing civilization back in the day, but it always seems to be like in the past, something that's always referenced. The one thing that I love about Red Dead 2 is like that is the good old days. You are in the good old days. Like Red Dead 1 <clears throat> would have been referencing John Marston's good old days, but yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2 are those good old days. And with with John and, uh, not John, sorry, with Arthur and he him on that sort of self-discovery journey, he's, he is this like absolute beast. But like you were saying, Charlie, at the end, when you start to make decisions that can really sort of, put his mind at ease because he knows he's on the way out. He knows yeah. it doesn't all matter in the end and he's done some terrible things. And this, uh, I, I, I loved that bit when he um, kind of confronts Herr Strauss. Mm. He's like, you're taking money from vulnerable people that can't pay it back. Like yeah. it's fucked up. Like he, he's, he's a guy who robs and steals and murders, but he's got, strangely enough, a strong moral code as well. And as you go through the game, that reveals itself more and more and more. And I know you mm. get a choice in, in the game and like you can have low honor and high honor, which is one of the interesting things about the game, actually. But I've always thought that canonically, it makes more sense for Arthur to die a good person and be yeah. honorable. It doesn't make sense for him to be a bad person because the whole story is about someone atoning for their sins and kind of like getting over the fact that, you know, mm. they're, they're, they're not a bad person, actually. Inherently, they're a good person. They've just been mm. maybe led astray by someone like Dutch and people like Micah who are there just purely to disrupt the yeah. kind of good people around them. So I've yeah. been replaying it uh, in preparation for this, and there is two sides to offer. And there's a comment where um, Hosea says that he was raised by like this weird loving couple, which was Hosea and Dutch. Yeah. And you see it. Hosea is the lovable con man. Yeah, he robs people, but he doesn't kill people. And Dutch is this egomaniac where he's got, oh, we've got a plan, but he'll murder everyone in sight. And yeah. that is like the size of Arthur. He, you want him to be, he wants to be more like an Hosea, but Dutch mm. is the one that he sees as a father and he's raised him. He twists him like he twists everyone else and he has Micah around who's an absolute killer. Yeah. But then he's surrounded by people like Hosea and Charles, which is like, he's such a good character. Again, yeah. like he's a good guy and he says throughout the story to Arthur, like, you're not a bad person. Yeah. Well, I think so, that's a good point. Like, talking about like the camp and we mentioned Mm. it briefly towards the beginning, but I think there was another, like from a game design perspective, having the player play, sorry, like being part of a gang, but actually feeling very much part of a gang, like having the camp, making donations, Mm. checking up on everyone, exploring everyone's individual story, picking up a bag of grain and moving it along and attending to the horses. Yeah. And I feel like the where the game is so focused around the gang, it would be totally missing from the game if they didn't include a a like the whole camp element to the game. Yeah. I feel like that took things to new heights where you'd move around, the story would force the gang to relocate, and then you get attached to the crew, you get like 
such good stories, such good interactions. Mm. Seeing Everyone's around the campfires from, and, and, yeah, and just talking dancing, to the NPCs and the dancing, yeah. the parties and stuff. It's, and everyone's from different backgrounds. You've got immigrants, you've got black, you've got white, you've got racists, you've got pacifists, <laughs> you've got women, you've got all of it. And it's just like, it's yeah. such a good... If it was just a group of like everyone was a, like a my car, everyone was a proper cowboy. Yeah. <clears throat> they they managed to do so much because when you really get to see Dutch's side of it, when he's like, we are just good people trying to make a place in our world that's slowly eroding away, because there are good people in the camp. So you get you get where Dutch is coming from, and you're you're behind him, and you're you want it to succeed. But when everything starts splitting at the seams, you realise that that it's not the, yeah. the dream enough, that I've been should... noting down like the random NPCs encounters I've seen at the camp because I um see if you notice uh, Karen throughout all the camps she just slowly drinks herself to death and I'd never noticed it after the yeah. attack that she had in the hotel she just drinks and drinks and drinks and I've been walking around the camp and she'll see I'll see her in the morning like leaning up against a tree like drunk out of her face and I never noticed it before, like little details like that. I see yeah. Sean headbutt Kieran because he was an O'Driscoll. And like <laughs> uh, Charles threatening to kill Bill because Bill's a racist. And like, yeah. never, I've never really noticed it because before when I first played it, I'd spend some time at camp, but then I'd just go away exploring. Yeah. yeah. So I've been mm. spending more time there. And like Lenny falls out with Bill as well because he does, Bill doesn't trust him because he's a young kid and all this. And yeah, you see all the, the squabbles. You see, like uh, Javier talking about Mexico and how he had to leave because mm. he had a hit on his head. And like you said, you actually give a shit about these characters. Yeah, I mean, how hard is it? Like, it's, I think I think for a lot of game developers, it, it's hard for game developers nowadays to make a main protagonist that you care about, but to make a whole gang of people that you care about, and then a horse that you care about, and the random mm. NPCs that you meet in the world that you care about. I remember when I um, played the game for the first time and I hurled off a fucking cliff on my horse and it died. Mm. I was like heartbroken. I was like, I can't believe I've lost this horse. This horse that has been with me throughout the whole game. Bonded. And like yeah, the bond, the bond that the, you know, the developers have, have managed to create between you and the random NPCs in the game, it really adds to the realism and just like the world being alive because we talk about these big open world games and the lack of immersion and the lack of kind of depth and detail in the games but because you've got so many great characters around you that have their own lives like you can literally follow an npc in the game and Mm. they will go and get food at the the bar and have a drink they'll go to work they'll come back and they'll go to bed they have like a whole routine yeah every Mm. npc in the game all of the animals live in an eco um, like an environment where it's supported by like predator and prey they wouldn't exist anywhere where they shouldn't exist. Those animals are there for a reason. And the mm. plant life is there because it's meant to be there. And like all of these tiny little details, they don't seem like much as you notice them. But then you put it all together and it makes this <clears> open <throat> world that... I don't think there's a game that can match what Red Dead Redemption 2 has done with its open yeah. world. Like the open world is just fucking crazy and yeah well as effort. we talked about the characters let's let's talk about the open world and and, and the graphics and the technical <clears> side of it because one of the big things that I, I i i sort of appreciate about the game is that even after five years even if you go back and play it on the ps4 it still looks incredible yeah and it's just it's, mm. it's so great how the game has like held up i mean five years is not a long time but then i guess in some 
aspects it is a long time for, for technology. Yeah, I just think so. It's, yeah, technology-wise, five years is actually quite a giant leap in... in Especially like, since we've jumped... It's been a different console generation as well, and they yeah. haven't yeah. released like a PS5 upgrade and stuff like that. It still looks fantastic. That's it. And like, if you wanted to start focusing on world building now, James, like yeah. the world that... Like, like you were saying, with all the animals, is it's it's just an incredible feat when you consider all of the animations for every single animal, all of the fur, all of the detail. Like, you could zoom in on a crocodile and it looks absolutely impeccable. Zoom in on a songbird and it looks absolutely impeccable. But then you go and play a game like Hunter Call of the Wild, for instance. And I'm not trying to shit on this game now, but there's so there's this is a game. A hundred percent focused on hunting, and they seem to like miss the target a bit. The animations are okay. The the life of the the amount of wildlife is actually not that much. But then you take hunting in Red Dead Redemption Two, which is very much just a side activity, and it is crazy the amount of depth, the amount of wildlife, the amount of the yeah. tools at your disposal, all the all the skinning, like. They like covering have, your scent as well. Like you have to cover your scent when you go hunting. All of that. Otherwise you won't catch anything and, and, and things will attack you. Yeah. And this is just a side thing you can choose to do. It's completely un, un in, uh, sorry, it's completely optional. optional. Mm. Whereas you've got a game like Call of Hunter or whatever it's called. And that's the entire game is that. And it is literally a, a fraction of what, what fishing the other day and an eagle swooped down and picked like a trout out of a river and then pulled up and I was thinking that's cool but I was thinking I don't think I've seen that to that yeah. level of detail in but you know what game. as well like no. if, you, if you shot that eagle yeah, you I could didn't. then skin it, that eagle and that fish you could take yeah. as well like it's not like just a random animation that doesn't yeah, actually it exists. happen in the game it happens in the game yeah. it's those, not scripted yeah, it's not scripted, and then if you break that script, it just vanishes from because it's like, oh, I didn't program that for that instance <laughs> to happen. But um, <clears throat> but yeah, the world is absolutely gorgeous, and like I'm sure if we all jumped into the game now and played it for two hours, we'd probably see somewhere that we've never seen before. Yeah, yeah. The interiors. Yeah, it's just the landscapes like, are so diverse as well. Like mm, you've got deserts, you've got snowy mountains you've got like plains you've got forests swamps swamps cities this and the cities yeah there's yeah it's just it's crazy like the detail in all of those and it's not one thing i like is that if you go to a forest it's not some games will try and overload you of like oh there's this cool thing here there's this to see there's that to see it feels like a forest it feels like a forest it's sparse and then it's not filled with like side missions and NPCs. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, you might, get, one of the other things I like is that you might come across a stranger out in the middle of nowhere that needs your help. Mm. You can yeah. choose to help them or you could kill them and rob them. Or, <laughs> But yeah, those are some of the best encounters. Yeah. One of the things I, I really love about like the landscape in Red Dead Redemption 2 is that when you think of, of Westerns or like Wild West, anything, you think just desert, cacti, mm you know, spurs, mm. dusty, tumbleweed. Obviously, you've got like that area sort of past Blackwater that is there. But I love the fact that most of the game takes place in this kind of like green sort of mountain, mm, rolling mountainous, hills. hilly, mm. and like you've got the swamps and stuff. I love that the game is set like that rather than it just being desert because 
we talked we talked earlier about Arthur so kind cliche. of breaking exactly. We talked earlier about Arthur kind of breaking this stereotype of a cowboy. He's not a cowboy, and in the same way, the landscape has like this not normal stereotype of a western. Mm. It's it's all it's so much green. It's snowy yeah. in areas, and there's like these crystal clear lakes that you can go and fish in and stuff. And you know, it's actually quite a pleasure to roam around the landscape, find a spot to kind of pull up in and set up camp for the night. Like it, yeah. it's, 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 that is a whole experience in itself. It really is. Waking up to the sunrise over the mountains, you know, it's like, it's such a fucking, like, I, I don't know. It's just like, it makes you feel like you're living in, in there for that sort of brief moment. Yeah it, yeah, it definitely made me reflect on like the way the world is now. And <clears throat> like when I, I obviously cutting down trees it's necessary but i hate it because it's like oh i just leave the forest alone i very sort of strongly believe that and when i play the game Even i kind of Belheim. like yeah of course <laughs> but i feel the like the the allure of the world and i just feel like it's so untouched back then and it's very rare for a game to be able to invoke like real life emotions from stuff i feel about in real life like when i'm playing a game if you need to kill a dog I'm very much going to be do depending on what the character would do. But when I'm playing Red Dead, because it like, it makes me feel so um, in touch with the real world because of mm. the world building. It's, it's yeah. absolutely amazing. I actually feel like my own personal like feelings and like preferences will come through in how I play it. So I don't know. I just, I just feel like the game is. See, like the the whole thing is this is like the end of the outlaw era, and you see at the beginning of the game, you go to Valentine, which is meant to be like an old sort of western sort of town, not much going on. And then when you go to San Denis for the first time, it feels like what the hell is this? It's cramped. It's full of people. It's uh, It's, they've got smog going around, Mm, and it feels it. Even though it's like a five-minute ride on your horse, it feels like a completely different part of the world. Well, that's, that's exactly yeah. the type of thing that Dutch is running away from. Yeah. He want to be part of civilization. He wants to live on his own terms. Um, just speaking of the world, but I just wanted to ask you guys a question. Like, Obviously, mm. we know that there are a lot of random NPC encounters in the game. Has anyone got a favorite NPC encounter or like an anecdote they'd that's like to share? That's a great question. I know my favorite NPC in the game. Okay. And that is where's um, Gavin? <laughs> yeah, no, that is that Has is anyone great. Seen no. Gavin? <laughs> I think my favourite is the. So sad. There's like an injured war veteran, and you come across him, and he's lost his horse, mm. and you help him, and then every so often he's got he's got like a cabin by a lake, and every so often yeah. you'll ride past, and you can go in and speak to him, and like. You'll go hunting or you go fishing with him. Oh yeah, I remember and it's this just, dude. I don't know. I've never had so that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen this guy. Yeah, he, no. he uh, like Charlie I said, I, I, you regularly. You, it's obviously, obviously, it's a stranger event, so you very much have to mm. make it happen. The game is yeah. not going to be like, oh, go here because he's ready yeah, to talk yeah, to again. Yeah. So you kind of have to remember where he said he'd be, and then you go there, and he's there, and you can literally like go fishing with him and. And yeah, hunt nice. bear or something like that. I can't remember. Like, I, I don't know whether you have to trigger it by helping him mm. with mm. the horse the first time, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just really nice. That's yeah. great. I have heard of that one before. 
Yeah. I think I know where the cabin is though, because if you look on the map, there's a lake yeah. like up north and it says Hunter's Cabin or like Old Veterans yeah. Cabin or something. Yeah. I never yeah, actually went that's there. That's the one. But I'm, yeah, I'm assuming that's that's. I've that's been it. in that cabin and explored it and no one was there and I always... Robbed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Took uh, the veteran's last money clip. <laughs> I had one, it's sort of a, sort of a stranger encounter. Um, you run into this, you think is a couple and you find out it's a brother brother and sister and they're like together oh, yeah. and they've killed their their parents oh. and uh like they're in some sort of incestual relationship and yeah i remember they're like trying to get you into the bedroom with them it's very <sighs> weird it the one at the pig farm yeah one at yeah. the pig farm yeah. oh, and um, um you go in there and they 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 try and have dinner with you and she goes upstairs to get ready and he sort of sends you up like this but if you look in um one of the cupboards their mother's bones are inside Ooh. and like Arthur's like what the fuck is this and uh you obviously you kill them and you can if you unlock a certain bit of dialogue there's um some loot behind a painting of their mother but there okay. is i i've seen it online as well um you can take them to their like parents where they've buried them mm. and like chuck them on top of it and they lose their mind but yeah, it, was, it really was quite dark and twisted, but it stuck mm. with me. It's really good writing as well. You just go in there and it's just a small interaction, five, 10 mm. minutes, but it really does sit with you. Nice. Mm. And just what an amazing feature. Mm. I yeah. have strangers to, to expand. Yeah. I was just walking past the farm and he goes, oh, howdy, stranger. I'm like, yeah. do you need a rest or something? I don't know what my favourite one is, but one that I remember is, you know, when you can help the father and the son... Mm. Um, build that house. Yeah. yeah. So they need some money and you donate. And then you every time you go back, they're further on through it. And then there's one time where you go back and they're being raided and you can help. Mm. And I even had it where obviously I like save scuffed, but I think I was helping them fight and like the son or the dad died. And there was, nice. it was totally like scripted, not scripted as in like it was foretold, but mm. because of whoever did die the father was like, no, I can't believe it. Like my son's died and everything went to shit. And then, but like, I think I reloaded it. Cause I was like, no, I'm not standing in that. I'm going to fuck these guys up and win. <laughs> and then they like complete the house. And it just feels like, you know, when we were talking about Ref Arthur reflecting on what good he's done in the world at, towards the end of the game, like it's very yeah. much one of those moments where he, uh, he made a difference. Yeah. Like you believe yeah. that he very much would have helped those people. Yeah, if he yeah. Encountered them. Yeah, yeah. I, um, What's yours? There's, well, there's, there's a couple of things like that I, I remember specifically from the game. The first time I played the game, um, you guys have probably come across this, but as you're kind of uh, trotting through the bayou, through the swamps, you'll see like a hanging body. Oh, I've had that. Yeah, you see a hanging body, and then I stopped to inspect it, and all these fucking little dudes with like painted faces and knives just come rushing oh, out. What the, the hell? The, the, the yeah, bushes they, and I like, jumped me and they killed never me the had first that. time. Did you read the note? No, I've that, never seen that. Did you, uh, I funnily enough come did, across this for the first time the other day that there's a note on the body. And, I didn't know there's a note on the body. Yeah. Um, can you shoot it down then? You could shoot it down, which okay. I did. And then I got jumped and then there's a note on the body and they're called like the night people. And apparently like yeah. they'd been stalking him and he was going, he thought he was being watched all the time and he, he hung himself. And it's just Shit, I didn't, I didn't like, see that bit. There's a body yeah. near um, 
Is, it, is Valentine the first? No, Strawberry. Is that the first? Val- Valentine. I know. The, yeah, that's that's a proper side There's a quest. Mutilated that is, of like a, a yeah, serial underneath killer. the the train tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's and that's you separate. Find... Yeah. Oh, you, okay. So you find like a little drawing, don't you, on that body, and it leads you on this sort of trail of this serial killer. But there's this thing that happens in the swamps is a completely random event. That, um, yeah, so you see a swinging body, and then all these little fucking weird people come out and like try to kill you. Yeah, they've the other thing as well, face paint. And yeah, they're all painted fingers. up like sort of topless, just like little fucking cloths over their dicks, and they're just running around like <laughs> knifing people. But the other thing that was quite funny was, um, well, it was a bit annoying at the same time. I remember being like called down an alleyway in Saint Denis. These like two little kids, and they're like, "Hey, Mister, come down here, come down here," and you get jumped, and then you get robbed. Mm-hmm. And then I went back there like the next day, and then the next day I went back there again to try and find these fucking little shits that are taking my money, but they just disappear. It's so <laughs> annoying. But there's like so many things like that uh, that happen in the game that really flesh out, you know, the the world. And you kind of look at games like Assassin's Creed, where you don't really get to talk to NPCs, you don't really nah. get to interact with anyone apart from like quest givers. And it makes the world feel bland. And the fact that there's these random events and random people, like yeah. the guys who are logging in the middle of the forest, mm. and then the fucking the tree, tree falls down, down and like I... kills that guy. It's just so good, like the way that it's all been sort of scripted, not scripted. It, it kind I of keep... feels organic the way it kind of all unfolds. You do in front feel of like every one of those NPCs has their own life. Mm. Their yeah. They're yeah. not just like... Yeah. Oh, he's there. Oh, if I go around this corner, he's gonna not be there. Yeah, I, I, he's just gonna run away. There's I no keep, dialogue. Um, running into clan meetings in like the middle of the night, and I just keep fucking him up. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my first playthrough. I think it was just after I got like dynamite or something like mm. that, and I found like them in the woods. I just like launch the dynamite yeah. in. Isn't there a it bit is where there's things? Um... Sorry, Ben, go on. I was just going to say, it's just like 200% effort from the devs, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is actually like mm. above and beyond. Yeah, yeah. I was Don't walking yeah. through like Le Moyne one night. Yeah, I yeah. think my horse had died or it had run off and I'm just walking and it takes ages to get back to camp. And I'm saying, oh, fuck. And I just <laughs> see like this flaming cross in like in the forest. Oh, it's just like the clan members. And I just walk in and there's a bunch of clan members and it's the first time I was playing the game. I was thinking, what the fuck is this? And then I just <laughs> yeah. like... Just gunned them all down. Guns out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were you originally going to say? I was just going to say, do you remember those two guys that are trying to crack open that safe? Yeah. And then they use TNT, but like, they kill themselves in the process. Or the guy who gets fucking bucked by the horse. Yeah. You walk past it. I think sort of like you whistle my... it, you go, hey, Miss he turns around yeah. and the horse just boots him in the head. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So cruel. I think one of my funniest moments on Red Dead fondest memories funniest bits that actually probably had me laughing out loud was you know when you're absolutely steaming drunk and you're looking for Lenny Mm. (laughs) and everyone's face is Lenny's and it just gets crazy that was yeah (laughs) oh it's so so funny if I could play that one bit right now I would it was hilarious well that's quite a good uh, segue for the next section I think we talked about like the technical and world and stuff like that of the the game and Mm. everyone knows it's just ridiculously impressive obviously but, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a massive game. And it's had a huge impact on a lot of people. Um, part of like a really sort of like great year for games. 2018, we had the God of Year. Uh, God of Year. God of War reboot. God of we the had Year. Spider-Man. God of the Year. <laughs> we had Spider-Man as well on PlayStation. Yeah. But I think, you know, in terms of like the cinematic and immersive games, Red Dead definitely takes it to like a different level. And um, for me, it outshines so many games today. And I just want to talk a little bit about the critical and sort of like audience response to this game because... Even now, five years later on, the love and kind of admiration for this game is as sort of like 
feverish as it was back then. Mm, like, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there. The game has earned its reputation. I mean, Rockstar have earned their reputation, <clears throat> but that doesn't come from anything other than like what we just said, 200% effort. Taking games above and beyond, redefining what a AAA actually means. So many yeah. games fit, come out as AAAs, but if you were to really compare a game like Red Dead to, I can't make a good comparison in my mind right now, but a number of AAA games that have come out over the years, and then you really consider the amount that of time and effort and hours and finance and everything that goes into making a game truly AAA, mm. I really feel like there should almost be a quadruple A category reserved especially for the likes of Red Dead Redemption 2 because yeah. to it is on another level. It's absolutely like it's just... It's just on another level, um, but yeah, going back to Red Dead and how the like the social effect it's had on on the world and the gaming industry, it's it's crazy to think that this game was on consoles that you know what I mean. The graphically, it was on another level. Story wise, it was on another level. It came out when I mean Rockstar obviously only come out of bangers, but they take their time. Like obviously. It's almost like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Behind the scenes, there's a lot going on, but you only ever see the chimneys in the distance bellowing smoke. I've used the Charlie and Chocolate Factory analogy too. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like a go-to, <laughs> isn't it? You like, love it. Yeah, it if I, need to, if I need to make a point about something, I'm going to bring yeah. up Charlie and the Chocolate yeah, Factory. Yeah. To I think it's quite a good point. But um, <laughs> but it is because they like to, it's, it, they like to, um, to just crack on. They don't like to yeah. create much of a scene. You don't hear much from them. Obviously, we had the leak for GTA 6 recently, which is such a shame for the developers. But we know that they're working on something in the background. When aren't they? Mm. And they'll they'll release it when it's ready. And they, they'll make it 10 yeah. out of 10. They'll, they'll raise the bar for years and years and years to come. Red Dead came out in 2018, uh, 2018, and I don't think they've had a match really... To this day. They haven't. They haven't. And, and yeah. you know, we kind of like, everyone sort of looks at Red Dead 2 and thinks, yeah, it's one of the best games from last generation. I, it's one of the best games that's ever released, like in my opinion. And it might even be the best because like we kind of said at the beginning, this whole kind of art versus game like scenario, like how can you push a game further than, mm. you know, you take some of the best games of all time, you know, whatever your list is, you might have games for the Nintendo 64 and there you might have like Call of Duty or something like that but how yeah. can you really push video games to another level yeah. and for Rockstar it seemed like it was bringing in the, the the aspects and the realism from our everyday lives particularly lives and the world for that time and yeah. making it a core aspect of the game that's Ooh. how you elevate this game to the next level it, it just fits the genre it's a role-playing game yeah. There's no other game. Well, there are f other games out there where you feel like you are who you're playing, but it is the definition of role-playing game. You yeah. are Arthur Morgan and you can do what you like. You have the freedom to to do what you wish. There's not mm. many limits. And um, yeah, it's it's yeah. it must have had a massive effect. Like, you know, every single game dev out there, not... Rockstar, I'm talking every other game dev, they all played Red Dead and it would have had a better effect on them. They would have taken like 
they would have been in absolute awe and astonishment and they would have known the they would have known the, the ingoing set and, type thing yeah, yeah they would have appreciated what that game is on another level because mm. like if you're if you're a game dev on the the Witcher team and obviously the Witcher was a fantastic game but there's no way they wouldn't be looking at Red Dead Redemption 2 and be like this is fucking amazing like yeah. And yeah. how can we, what have they done that we can do? And how could they do this? And I know that when we make a game, we do it this way. They must have, rev- they reverse engineer it. And I don't know. It's, you know, when yeah. like GTA 6 gets announced and there's like, right, it's coming <clears> out this date, then every other developer is going to write, we're fucking avoiding that. We're going to yeah. come early. We're going to go, That's just it. get out the fucking way. Yeah. They'll be booking time off work to play. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's very few studios and games like it. I haven't seen, Obviously, Starfield's in the zeitgeist at the moment, and rightfully so. That game looks mm. fantastic, but the, yeah. it's every. It doesn't seem like every year you get a game like that, and it's it's a generational game, isn't it? It's, yeah. like, it's literally a once mm. in a generation thing. And yeah. they did it. They did it with the 360 era. It was one of the last games on 360. That game came out, and it was absolutely stunning. It pushed the 360 and the PS3 to its graphical limit, and what you could do on that console. And they did exactly the same yeah. with the PS4 and the and the mm. Xbox One, and obviously on PC as well. They've just pushed it. They've seen what they can do with these consoles and and they've just wrung out every last drop they can get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. One Entirely. of the things that I um one of the things I I kind of like really appreciate about a game like well we appreciate about Red Dead is like just the pure love that the fans have for like the cast and the appreciation mm. they've got of the actors. And I mentioned earlier that I've been watching like uh panels, like these Comic Con type sort of panels and like these game convention panels where all the cast will be there chatting to the host and the audience and you don't see that with many games like you don't nah. see that much fanfare over the cast of a game in many other games like obviously nah. we look at like i don't know kratos from god of war and think great performance love yeah that. of course and you probably think that about a handful of other games but well, you don't yeah. get an entire fucking cast of like five six seven people going from convention to convention to convention yeah sitting down with an audience for an hour talking about their experiences on making this game, making the audience laugh, connecting you with with those people. Because it's weird because obviously when you watch a film, for example, you go and watch the Marvel film, you think, you know, Chris Evans, that's, that's Captain America. He's like the face of the Avengers. Same with Robert Downey Jr. And, and, you know, Chris Hemsworth and stuff like that. You don't really have that kind of connection with games. You don't really put the actors' nah. faces to the games in that way. But with this game, you definitely do. And you listen yeah. to the guy who I can't remember his name, the guy who who plays John and his voice is, is John and like the mm. way he kind of talks about John and the way he talks about his experience on the set. The same with uh, Roger Clark who plays Arthur Morgan. The same with the guy who plays Dutch who's like six foot seven in real life, by the way. He's fucking massive. Yeah, he's huge. It, um, like the, the way they talk about these characters, like they take it so seriously yeah. and that is fully Method reflected acting. in and- the game and it's reflected in us when we, when we watch it and appreciate it. And I never watch actors from video games talking about being in the video game because nah. yeah i appreciate it, but frankly i don't really care too much i just want to play the game but for this game i want to know about the actors i don't think any but, other game has done that yeah well rockstar did it before didn't they like trevor yeah. trevor yeah. was he a mess was, uh, yeah. yeah i was just gonna say yeah so it's it's like it's, it's definitely not thing. it is a rockstar thing and i, I know i'm gonna say it for a third time it's 200% effort. It's script writing on another level. You don't get a game that good with a script that's okay. You get a game that good with a script that is 
Yeah. Beyond excellent. And you see that's tier. outstanding. Directors who are outstanding, best in yeah. class developers. Everything's got to be literally the very top of the, of, best. Of the tree. You see, in the last couple of years, journalists keep making this issue about <clears throat> like video game developers grinding, like they have to do these ridiculously long weeks. You don't really hear developers moan about it because I think they they're used to it and if they love yeah. the game and um Dan Houser said they were working hundred hour weeks some weeks to get this game out. And yeah. there's not one developer that's come out and said, man, it's like a, they're running it over there. They're cracking the whip every two seconds. It's all from passion. They all want it to be the best game possible. Mm. And the amount of work that they put in, uh, it's like 2,200 days of motion capture work. That's what probably it's nuts. That's equivalent to what Avatar maybe. Yeah. Years, isn't it? It's years. Yeah. It's years of people's lives. And obviously not every studio gets the luxury of doing that, and Rockstar are very, very fortunate. You see a few PlayStation games now with 200, $220 million budgets, and it's not really sustainable, but with Rockstar, they can go out, put GTA 6 out, they're going to make 10 years worth of GTA Online money with that game, Yeah, and they can continue to do this. Mm. It's it's Amazing. unbelievable. Yeah. Charlie, how do, you, how do you feel about the reception of the game? Do you... Obviously, you fanboy over it as, as much as anyone else does, I assume. Yeah, I think the reception it got is very well earned. Like, yeah. everyone, I don't think I've ever heard someone go, ah, don't really like it. Like, it is just loved by everyone. By yeah. everyone, did everyone you, rightly so. Did you ever see that guy? It was like a short, like, little YouTube short where it's this kid who's playing. Re- Red Dead 2 for the first time and it's the snowy bit which is what I was going to say this earlier I think the snowy bit is an excellent start to the game I was hooked from the moment it started but anyway he's like commenting like oh for fuck's sake is this game this slow the whole way through like like slagging it off almost and then it cuts to him at the very end balling his Arthur eyes Moore. out yeah he's crying just like, like, oh, Arthur's just crying. died and he's like absolutely in bits just, yeah. because bits, yeah. of this excellent story that he's just played and i think that kind of sums up the game doesn't it i think everyone kind of has that kind of initial sort of like like okay i see what they're trying to do here let's see if it can actually hold up because it's a bit of a shock actually going to i mean even even me jumping into the game recently and and playing it it's a little bit of like an adjustment period of getting used to the slower pace getting used to the Mm. way the game plays Mm. completely differently to anything else and um you know you you can't do superhuman things as Arthur, like you can do in most games, even if you just play as a regular human in those games, you can still do yeah. the gamery sort of things. But in Red Dead, you can't. It really limits you to what's actually physical, physically capable for a person. And yeah, sometimes it is slow, and sometimes it's like, oh geez, I don't know, I don't know about this, I don't know about this. But ultimately, it all adds to making a game that is hyper realistic and very appreciative of the time that it's set in. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So one 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 kind of final point then I guess we kind of covered it already but Red Dead Redemption 2 in 2023 revisiting the game I think we can all agree it, it holds up and then some by today's standards. Yeah. Like if we consider any all the elements graphically absolutely especially on a PC. Yeah. I don't mm. I, I don't know about next gen consoles but I'm sure uh, it looks I've, as gorgeous as... It looks great on the PS5. And they haven't yeah. done like a... There's, there's not upgrade. a next-gen patch for it, so you're no. still playing like the PS4 version on the PS5, but it still looks, it yeah, still looks great. Yeah, it looks great. Um, and then obviously story, that's eternal. That's never going to fade. Everything from 
I don't know. I mean, like, just it holds up. There's there's no reason why it shouldn't. And uh, I've been it's, more impressed going back into it because I'm yeah, doing I think, stuff. I agree I've with never, that. I think I've, I have as well. I loved the game when it first came out, and I cried, and I was like dead silent for hours after I finished the game. I felt like a shell of a human being, <laughs> and I was just sitting there like like that video where he's just staring at the screen like what the fuck. Mm. Yeah. And then yeah. I've gone back into it. and I've done stuff. I've explored places that I didn't do before. I've run into things, and it's just like the little scripted moments and. Yeah, it's just game design like we've never seen before. It's unbelievable. I think this is this is a game that we're going to be talking about in 10 years' time. Yeah. Without question, maybe even 15 or 20 years' time. I mean, I often go back and reference my time on the Nintendo 64 as a young, young boy playing Zelda. I imagine that this game is going to be spoken about in that exact same kind yeah, of way. It's going to be like... Genre-defining generational mm, it's going to be like final mm. fantasy 7 and ocarina of time i think where yeah. people go yeah. in like 15 20 years people are going to be like what's the game that got you into video games and it's going to be the generation before us saying red dead redemption 2 like blew my mind yeah, yeah. i always have a thought of when my daughter um gets older when mm. she might take up an interesting game in like i think about like i want her to experience some of the most iconic games of the past mm. and because I don't want her if she does get into gaming I don't want her just to play games that come out from the moment she starts and then onwards I want her to revisit some of the old school classics and obviously Red Dead 2 by then would have been a classic or will be a yeah. classic and I want her to experience that it would be criminal for anyone who picks up gaming in the future to never play Red Dead Redemption 2 I couldn't imagine like calling yourself a gamer if you've never experienced that yeah 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 i mean you, you you like to think that that's a new generation of people will do that yeah. you know like we we all love films here as well and i love science fiction and i go back to watch all of the iconic sci-fi movies alien yeah, of course. blade runner 2001 space odyssey and it's like those those movies and in this regard this game has got the kind of you know, the praise that it's got and it's got that crown for a reason and mm. people need to continue to experience this game. And I'm no doubt, maybe not this generation, but maybe the next generation, there could be like a remaster for it or like a re-release for it. And I'm sure, you know, th th these games deserve to be kind of like brought to new audiences constantly. And yeah, and yeah I'm sure Rockstar will do that. Of course. I hope so. Well, that was Hall of Fame episode 10. Thank you all for listening. It's good to be back. We've really enjoyed it and we hope you did too. If you want to see more of us, then check out the link in the description to see our YouTube, our socials, our Discord and more. My name's James. I'm Ben. I'm Connor. And I'm Charlie. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. See ya.